Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today, we're going to continue with Matthew chapter 12. And in the last podcast, when we started uh, Matthew 12, we saw Jesus, he was, if you will, he was sparring with the Pharisees, not, not physically fighting with the Pharisees, but he was kind of jousting, if you will, with the Pharisees and the Pharisees with Jesus because Jesus calls them out, and we're going to see that here again today as he continues to spar with the Pharisees, but he calls them out for who they are. He, 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 he shows uh, no hesitation to call out what they're thinking in their heads, and, and he, he tells everybody around him what they're thinking and, and how evil their hearts are when they are used to seeing the Pharisees as spiritual leaders. And Jesus is basically has already told his disciples, you know, you can listen to what they're teaching, and that's fine, but don't be anything like these guys. Be totally opposite because their their hearts are far from God. They're they're just they're they're not right. Uh, and so these Pharisees, uh, they uh, they hate Jesus. They they want him dead. They want him gone because he's exposing them for who they really are and you know and that's the way it is when we expose people who who they are what do they do they want to fight they want they want to they they want to turn to violence um and so in in the last podcast when we began matthew 12 we had jesus walking with his disciples through some grain fields and they pluck off some of the grain because they're hungry i mean what do you do when when you get hungry you eat but it was on the Sabbath day, and the Pharisees saw them do this. And so the Pharisees run up to Jesus and his Pharisees and, and, and as they're trying to just find something that will stick on Jesus and his disciples, trying to denounce that he is the Messiah, that, that he's a liar, that he's not who he says he is. And so they're just looking for anything. It's like they're kind of like they're spying on Jesus, just trying to, to just wait so they can pounce on the opportunity to show people that Jesus is really not the Messiah. And so they they, they run to Jesus and, and they accuse his disciples of working on the Sabbath and breaking the Sabbath. And and so Jesus and the Pharisees have this sparring match, I guess they're in the in that field, and Jesus, you know, puts them in their place. And then uh, another Sabbath day, Jesus goes into the synagogue where there's a bunch of Pharisees. And the Pharisees are going to challenge Jesus. He, Jesus saw the man with the withered hand, the crippled hand, but the, it was the Pharisees who come to Jesus, challenging Jesus to heal this guy on the Sabbath day, thinking that, that they were going to uh, trap Jesus and, and be able to denounce him as the Messiah. And Jesus does heal the man's hand. And, uh, and again, he puts the Pharisees in their place. And in today's podcast... Uh, the sparring match is going to continue, and and and, and it'll continue into the next podcast as well because we won't get finished with Matthew twelve. But but in Matthew twelve, it's just Jesus and the Pharisees, and they're just sparring with with one another as Jesus continually winning every sparring match as he always does. But we have Jesus standing in the middle of a crowd, or there, there's a crowd of people around him anyway. I'm not, not sure if he's in the middle of the crowd, but there's a crowd around him. 
and as there always is everywhere he goes, right? And so somebody in the crowd brings to him a man who was blind and, the, and, and could not speak. And so Jesus heals the guy so that he can now see with his eyes and he can now talk. He can speak. And the crowd, as you can understand, if he was to see something like this, they're going crazy at what they have just witnessed right before their very eyes. And, and, and they begin to ask a question one to another. They said, could it be that Jesus is the son of David, the Messiah? And the simple answer and to us, because we have, we have the Bible, we have Genesis to Revelation, beginning to end. We, we know what's going on before Jesus, we know what's going on during Jesus, and we know what's going on after Jesus. So it's so easy for many of us, most for a lot of us, and if you're listening to this podcast, probably all of us, to, to be able to look in the, the Word of God, the Bible, and, and say, why can't people just get it? But, but it was not that simple. It was just not cut and dry for those people who had jesus walking among them i mean even today uh it's not cut and dry for a lot of people there's just there's there's a whole lot more people who reject jesus today than uh are living that have accepted jesus and are living for uh jesus and so this crowd they they had they had they started asking each other could it be that jesus is the son of david that he is the messiah and and so before you think that the you know you should you should be able to get this very easily yes he was the messiah but just put yourself in your shoe in their shoes just for a little bit because this answer is not so obvious and let me break it down like this god has been silent for over 400 years right the prophets i mean that one little piece of paper between the new the old testament and the new testament that's it, blank and then you flip it over and it'll say the new testament from uh, Micah to Matthew, over 400 years of silence. The prophets have gone silent. There's, there's, there's no appearances of God in the temple. It's just silence. Uh, do you remember back when you were a kid? Uh, I know we used to play this game called Quiet Mouse, Still Mouse, at, at, at the school when I was, you know, very young, and I, I hated that game because it's hard for me. Uh, to sit still I'm, I'm a drummer i'm always moving uh, i'm always patting my feet or my hands or you know i'm, I'm just constantly moving or I'm, I'm constantly thinking and i constantly you know i don't i gotta be moving and i gotta have noise that's just that's just me that's just the, the way i'm built that's the, the way i am i i sleep with the radio on uh, i sleep with the tv on um, i sleep with a fan on or the the heater that makes the noise I gotta have noise. I have earbuds in my ears almost 24 hours a day. Um, I, I I just got to have noise. I I don't like the quietness. But these people, it's been silent from God for hundreds of years. They've had uh, years and years of prophets spitting out these prophecies and telling them how you know to to repent and and to to live a certain way and they're used to having uh teachers in from where um uh where god had allowed the the babylonians to come in and destroy jerusalem and the temple and they had been carried off into babylonian territories and dispersed 
and and uh, the synagogues arose from that period, and so uh, they were able to teach uh, in those synagogues, and they were still able to worship in those synagogues. And then once the temple was rebuilt, they were able to uh, make sacrifices once again. So this is the system that they've been used to for a long time. That you've got religious leaders like the Pharisees who are teaching in in uh, the synagogues. You've got uh, the Levitical priests who are um, making sacrifices in the temple, even though God hasn't shown up there in, in a very long time, but th- th- there's still activity going on. There's still sacrifices that are being made. Uh, um, you've got these uh, religious leaders who are uh, teaching in the authority of Moses and, and, and teaching the law, as I said a few minutes ago, and 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 this dates all the way back to uh, the book of Exodus, uh, when God had met with Moses there on Mount Sinai and given him uh, the Ten Commandments. And Moses told the people to keep these things in their hearts. So this has been going on for hundreds and hundreds, even thousands of years, and it's all they know, and and, and it's what they are used to. And, and now all of a sudden, uh, you've got angels uh, who are showing up to certain individuals like uh, um, um, Zechariah in the temple. Well, he was a priest who was doing his priestly duties in the temple when the angel shows up and says, hey, your wife's going to have a son in her old age. You know, you're going to name him John. He's going to he's going to prepare the way for the Messiah. You got an angel appearing to Mary, a virgin who was uh, betrothed or engaged to this man named Joseph and the angel Gabriel tells her that she's going to have a child, that she's going to become pregnant, she's going to have a child, it's going to be God's son, He, it's going to be, uh, his, his name will be called Emmanuel, he is God with us, you will name him Jesus, he's going to save the people from their sins, you got the angel showing up to Joseph and then you know this is after a period of, of, of nothing but, but silence and now uh, Jesus is born 30 years. You know, you got angels appearing to shepherds. You got angels uh, appearing by the multitude out in the night sky singing praises to God. And then 30 years passes by, and this kid who is now an adult, he's baptized, and God's voice is heard coming down from heaven. And then Jesus goes around and he, he's doing nothing but good for the people, he's meeting people's needs. And Matthew has pointed out the many miracles that this guy has done, including raising uh, the dead, Jairus' daughter, we looked at several podcasts ago. But if you think about it, there wasn't any social media like there is today, back in that day. Uh, The the only thing they could do was uh, spread everything by the word of mouth. And and I'm sure uh, there were many who... As, as awesome as the things that Jesus was doing, I'm sure there were there were many who who had uh, never heard about him, who didn't know about the miracles. Uh, there's there's still there's what eight billion people in the world today. I can promise you, there's there's a lot of people out there who have never even to this day heard the name of Jesus and all the great things that Jesus has done uh, so uh, the world was a lot smaller back then 
but they didn't have all this technology that we have. And so there were a lot of people who had not heard Jesus' message. They have not heard his teachings. They have not heard about these miracles uh, that he was doing because everything was spread by the word of mouth and many didn't hear it. And if you think about this, when someone has been taught a certain way for a very long time and something new comes along, it, it's very hard for them to accept it. In fact, there are, there are many, many Jews today who are still looking for a Messiah. To this very day, they are still looking for God to send the Messiah to deliver them, uh, which seems weird to me and, and probably uh, to a lot of people as well. Because, again, we have the complete Word of God, and, and when we read it, it just seems so obvious to us. And, and, and once we break it down, and we, as we do in these podcasts, we, we're like, why can't people just get it? Why, why, why is it just not so simple to them? And, and unfortunately, there's a lot of people who even hear the message of Jesus and they still reject the message of Jesus. And we'll talk about that at the end because that's exactly what the Pharisees are doing. They're doing everything they can to reject Jesus and his message and, and, and his miracles. And they're trying to contribute these things to uh, Satan instead of God. And, and Jesus is going to call them out on it. But Jesus, if you think about it, he he didn't he 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 didn't fit the expectations of what the people thought the Messiah was was going to be. Uh, they they thought the Messiah would be a certain person that he would look a certain way, kind of like royalty, because after all, he's going to be born through the lineage of king david and he's supposed to sit on the throne of david and so they're looking for this earthly kingdom that's going to be resurrected by this messiah who's going to show up in royalty and power and and he's going to deliver uh israel and the jewish people back to a place of prominence that they had in the old testament so they're looking for this person of royalty they're looking for this great military leader this warrior who would fight for israel and deliver them from the romans and then place them back into dominance just like they had in uh, in the old testament but instead what they they what they got was some guy that was born and think about this how hard this would be um if you're thinking royalty and you're thinking power and you're thinking riches and you're thinking king and you're thinking kingdom and all of a sudden you know you you, you get this kid who was born in an animal's feeding trough whose mother was pregnant out of wedlock who was born to a very poor family when when they brought Jesus to the uh temple to to be um dedicated to God or or and to be um circumcised on the eighth day they had to bring an offering well the offering that mary and joseph brought was a turtle dove which was was the very minimum uh, uh sacrifice that you could offer and and that was because if you were poor you you could at least get a turtle dove and that and that's it, it just shows you that mary and joseph they were they were poor and and, and that people could not wrap their minds around the fact that God would use this means 
to, to bringing in or ushering in the Messiah. A, a poor family who couldn't even get a room, who, who, who was born in, 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 in with the animals in their feeding trough, and uh, he dressed uh, like any other person. He didn't dress like a, a royal king would. He, he was rejected by his, his own town. They just thought he was marrying Joseph's son. Uh, isn't, it, isn't he just a carpenter's kid? Uh, his own brothers and sisters didn't believe in him. So you know why would they believe in him if his own family doesn't even believe in him? But you think about this, Jesus. He he knew he knew the word of God. He he knew the law. He he knew the, what the prophets said. He knew the Psalms. He he knew the Proverbs. He he knew God's word very well, and he could work miracles and would that be enough to convince people would that be enough to convince the religious leaders could they get past their own perceptions of who and what they thought the messiah would be and the, unfortunately the answer to uh, 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 many of those uh, are is no they could not um in fact they have seen this story before because there were others before Jesus. And there were people after Jesus who claimed to be the Messiah. I mean, we still get it to this day. And this is 2000. Well, today's New Year's Eve that I'm recording this. So tomorrow's going to be 2023. And there's still people who, you know, who claim to be a prophet or who claim to be uh, the Messiah and, and claim to be from God uh, and work miracles and things like that. So nothing's really changed since uh, this was taking place and Matthew was writing about it. Uh, and so if you put yourself in their shoes, it, it, it's kind of easy to see where they would have a hard time believing that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is from God. Um, but for us, it's a lot easier because we have what happened beforehand and what ha- happened during and what happened afterwards. And so we had the complete story. They were living the story, and so it would be a little bit more, probably a lot more difficult to believe in Jesus at that time, especially for uh, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, who were very learned in in the law. They knew the law of God like the back of their hand, and and so um, Jesus definitely did not fit their expectations of the Messiah, and they could not get past their own expectations. But as we're about to see here in just a second, the the biggest problem of the Pharisees was their hearts. The reason why they rejected Jesus is because their hearts were not right. Their hearts were evil. And so they reject Jesus as Messiah. And there's a great lesson for us in their example, and, and we're going to get to that here in just a second. Speaking of the Pharisees, the Pharisees get wind of this miracle that Jesus has performed. He, how uh, this this guy who couldn't see or talk can now see, and he can now talk. Uh, they when they hear of this miracle, they immediately, without hesitation, have an answer as to how Jesus performed that miracle and how he's performing other miracles. And they say that Jesus is performing miracles by Satan himself. That he gets his power from Satan, who is the prince of demons. 
But one of the things that should have, that should have convinced the Pharisees that Jesus is the Messiah was what Matthew says in verse 25. He says, Jesus knew their thoughts. He knew what the, this happened several times with the, Jesus and the Pharisees. They would be thinking something, and Jesus would know what they're thinking in their minds, and he would call them out in front of everybody, and, and he does so here. In, in verse, they're accusing Jesus of working these miracles by, uh, by Satan himself, and Matthew says that Jesus knew their thoughts and replied, so he, he spoke openly to them in front of these people. Any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A town or a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. So, in other words, a kingdom that's divided against itself, Jesus says it's not going to stand. It's going to fall apart. So, why would Satan be divided against himself? Jesus says it doesn't work that way. But here's the deal. Jesus knew their hearts. He he when he when Matthew says Jesus knew their thoughts, Jesus knew what they were thinking, and the reason why they were thinking what they were thinking is because their hearts are evil, and he's going to call them out on it. He knows what's behind what they said, if you will. And this is why the Pharisees hated Jesus so much. He knew their hearts were evil, and he always called them out on it. He is going to use their own people, as a matter of fact, because he says, you got exorcists, and your exorcists are out there casting out demons. Are they doing that by, by, by the power of Satan? No, they're not. And that's what Jesus is going to tell them. They're doing it through the power of God, through the power of the Spirit of God. And, uh, and so he uses their very own people uh, to to defeat their argument in this sparring match, and he's going to put the uh, the Pharisees in their in their place. He says, "And if Satan is casting out Satan, he is divided and fighting against himself. His own kingdom it will not survive. And if I'm empowered by Satan, what about your own exorcist? Can they cast out demons too? So they will condemn you for what you have said." Or he says, "They cast out demons too." Not can they, but they do cast out demons too. So they will condemn me for what you have said. In other words, your own exorcists are casting out demons as well, just like I'm casting out demons. So are they doing it by the power of Satan or are they doing it by the power of the Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit working through them or is it Satan working through them? Your very own people. And the obvious answer is they're going to say that God is working through them because the Pharisees believe that God is on their side and they're doing God a favor by trying to get rid of this man who is claiming to be from God or who is claiming to be God himself in the flesh. And so uh, Jesus says, uh, they cast out demons too, so they will condemn you for what you have said. Your own people is going to condemn you by what you have said. But Jesus says, if I'm casting out demons by the spirit of god which he is then the kingdom of god has arrived among you for who is powerful enough to enter the house of the strong man and plunder his goods only someone even stronger someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house so jesus tells them that satan would not fight against himself he says that, that just makes no sense. He said the kingdom, if, 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 Satan, if Satan was fighting against himself, Satan would fall quickly. 
any kingdom that is fighting against itself is going to fall. Uh, If it's divided, it's going to fall quickly. And then he uses their own people, their own exorcists against them. And then he says, if he's casting out demons by the power of the Holy Spirit, which he is, then here's something that's special. He says, if... If I'm casting out demons by the power of the Holy Spirit, then the kingdom of God has come. This is huge. This is huge because Jesus is casting out demons by the Holy Spirit working through him. Not not from Satan working through him. He is casting out demons by the power of the Holy Spirit working through him, which means, as Jesus has told the, these uh, Pharisees, if I'm casting out demons by the power of the Holy Spirit, then the kingdom of God has already come. He is standing in your midst. Now, th- this is crucial because there's a lot of people today, even in churches, in our modern day churches, who are still looking for a kingdom to come. But the kingdom has already come. And Jesus. He made that plain. Uh, if you think about it, when when John the baptizer was out there baptizing people, preparing the way for Jesus, the message of John was the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is near. That's what. That's why John came. He was preparing the way for the Messiah. He was preparing the way to start the kingdom of God. And so uh, his message was the kingdom of God is at hand. It is near. And then Jesus comes to John to be baptized of John to start his ministry, if you will, to fulfill all righteousness is the way the Bible puts it. But to to help you understand what that means, it just simply means at 30 years old, because we were told his age in one of the Gospels, that Jesus at 30 years old was baptized by John the baptizer and it kicked off his ministry. And, and when John baptizes Jesus and it starts his ministry, the message changed to the kingdom of God has come. It's not at hand. It's not near. It is now here because it started with Jesus and it started when he picked his 12 disciples. And that's why Jesus had, had paired them it just a, a few podcasts ago. We talked about this. Uh, that how Jesus had paired his disciples together and he sent them out with, without anything because he wanted them to rely on God to, to provide for them. And he told them, you go into uh, the house of Israel only, to the Jews only, and you preach to them that the kingdom of God is here and you back it up with these miracles so that they would believe your message. But if they don't believe your message, you shake the dust off your feet and you just move on to another town, to another village. Why? Because the kingdom of God, it's here now. While Jesus was on the earth, it has already come. And the kingdom, he tells the the Pharisees here that if I'm working miracles, by the power of the Holy Spirit, then the kingdom of God is here. It is standing before you. And the, the, the kingdom of God continues to grow to this day. Because every time that somebody hears the message of the gospel, the death and burial resurrection of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, 
and they give their life to Christ and they begin to live for Christ and they're washed in the blood of Jesus and they're filled with the Holy Spirit, they're added to the church, which is the kingdom of God. And the only thing we're waiting for is for our uh, our deliverer to come in and rescue us uh, away from this pathetic world that we live in. But as we await that time, we're to be light. We're called to be light. And so uh, we continue to be light and give extend that invitation to others for them to be a part of the kingdom of God that has now come. There, there's no kingdom to be waiting on. Yes, we await we to be in heaven someday for, for eternity. That day hasn't come yet. We await that. But the kingdom of God it has already come. And that's what, exactly what Jesus told uh, the Pharisees. If I am casting out demons by the power of the Holy Spirit, then the kingdom of God has come. And he was casting out demons by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the kingdom has come. Luke chapter 7. I'll just give you a few verses. Luke 17, 20 and 21. One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, When will the kingdom of God come? That's a good question. And Jesus replied, the kingdom of God cannot be detected by visible signs. You won't, be, you won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there. For the kingdom of God is already among you. Who was among the Pharisees? Jesus. Who started the kingdom of God? Jesus. Jesus says, they asked, when will the kingdom of God come? And, 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 and Jesus says, the kingdom of God's already among you. One more verse, Colossians 1.13. He, he, God, has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. So God, when we come to Jesus for salvation, we're washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and our sins are forgiven. This, this verse literally means like if you've seen, if you ever put a, uh, money into one of those machines that has the claw and it'll come down and it'll gr- try to grab the prize, like the stuffed animal or whatever the prize you're trying to grab is, and that claw comes down and it grabs something and it, it picks up that stuffed animal and it brings it over to the hole and the claw opens up and it drops your stuffed animal down in the hole and you're able to, to get your, your stuffed animal or whatever prize it was that, that the claw picked up. Uh, that's exactly what God has done through Jesus. He He reached down with that claw and he picked us up and he transferred us and dropped us into uh, the kingdom of his beloved son. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and he transferred us with the claw, if you will, to the kingdom of his beloved son because the kingdom has already come. It's already here and you can be a part of it. And there's a ton of many other passages that make this clear that Jesus is the Messiah and that the kingdom of God has already come and we can be a part of it. And I pray that you are. And if you are a part of it, share this message with other people so that they can have the opportunity to be a part of the kingdom of God as well. Because God's kingdom was never meant to be an earthly kingdom like the Jews and the religious leaders were thinking. That's why Jesus told Pilate right before he was about to be crucified, he tells Pilate, uh, he says, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me uh, from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. 
My kingdom is not of this world. Well, right now it's on this world, but it's also in heaven because where is Jesus? He is sitting at the Father's right hand. Where do we want to be? We want to be with Jesus in heaven. And the only way we can be a part of this kingdom that is not this world is to be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, to have our sins forgiven and and be walking with Jesus. Then that way when we take our last breath on this earth, what does Paul say? Paul says, for me to live is Christ, for me to die is gain. What's there to gain? To be with Jesus for eternity in this kingdom that is not of this world. So Jesus tells the Pharisees, he says, anyone who isn't with me opposes me. And anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. And you've heard the term Antichrist, and especially in our day and time, people are looking for the Antichrist, um, which is a many, many, it would take a lot of, of a podcast to talk about that. Um, but this idea of Antichrist is exactly what Jesus just said here. Anyone who isn't with me opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. Well, this is the exact idea of Antichrist. Anti means against. So Antichrist means against Christ. If you're not working with Christ, you are working against Christ. You are anti-Christ. Um, oh, I had a thought, and, and, and I forget what it was now. Maybe I'll think about it uh, here in just a minute. Um, but anyone who isn't with me opposes me and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me and this is what the pharisees were doing they thought they were doing uh god's uh, uh service they thought they were doing right by teaching people the, the the law of god and they were but they were they were not living examples of what they were teaching. That's why Jesus told his own disciples, he says, you can listen to what they're teaching and you can live by what they're teaching, but don't live anything the way they are. Don't follow their examples because their hearts are not right. So in Matthew 12, 31, Jesus says this. He says, so I tell you, every sin and blasphemy can be forgiven except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which will never be forgiven. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, either in this world or the world to come. And so that, that one sin that cannot be forgiven is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And so the question becomes, <clears throat> what is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit so that we don't do it? And I'm not going to uh, spend a whole lot of time on this, but I'm going to try to make it as simple as I can, what I believe the uh, the whole uh, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is. Because I don't want anybody to commit uh, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit because I want you to be in heaven. <clears throat> but in this context of this passage, when Jesus says this, the Pharisees were giving, think about this, the, the, the Pharisees were giving Satan credit for what the Holy Spirit was doing Right, because they said Jesus is casting out demons by the power of Satan, and Jesus said, "No, it's the power of the Holy Spirit." And 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 so um, Jesus turns around and says, "You know, you're you're blaspheming blaspheming against the Holy Spirit because you're giving uh, credit to the devil for what God is doing." But I believe uh, 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 the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit goes a lot deeper than this, 
And Jesus explains it by using a tree as an example. He says in verse 33 of Matthew 12, he says, A tree is identified by its fruit. You know, that's a peach tree, that's an apple tree, you know, so on and so forth. We, we, we know a tree by its fruit. And so he's taking something these people would understand and know and realize. And they would get it. And so this tree, he says a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. But if a tree is bad, its fruit's going to be bad. And then he says, you brood of snakes. Talk to the Pharisees. You brood of snakes. How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? In other words, you're, you're evil. But yet you're out here in the synagogues teaching the people how to live right. And, and you're teaching people the good news that God has given. How could, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? And then listen to what he says. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I'll tell you this. You must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. So even though... The Pharisees seemed to be godly. Even though they knew the scriptures, they knew the law, they, they knew what the prophets had said, they knew the Psalms, they knew the Proverbs, they, even though they were the ones who uh, the people looked to as the godly examples, Jesus says the Pharisees' hearts were evil. And we know there were a few exceptions like uh, Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea two, uh, that brought Jesus' body off the cross prepared it for burial, and placed it in the tomb uh, right before the Sabbath day had began after, his, uh, after he was crucified. So there, there were a few exceptions that we know of, but for the most part, the Pharisees' hearts were only evil, and that is why they rejected Jesus, who was God in the flesh. Now think about this. What's the only thing that's going to send a person to hell? The only thing that will send a person to hell is the rejection of Jesus. The only person the only thing that will send a person to hell is never accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior, never having their sins washed by the blood of Jesus. Because when God looks down from heaven, if he does if he doesn't look through the filter of the blood of his son, he sees sin. And God cannot look upon sin. Therefore, people are rejected. That's why people will be rejected into hell for eternity because they, they're, they're not being seen by God through the lens of the blood of Jesus. Because when we're washing the blood of Jesus, God looks at us through the blood of Jesus and He sees our sins forgiven. He does not see sin. He sees forgiveness. He sees cleanliness because of the... Not because of anything that we've done, but because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And we have accepted his sacrifice, that he was the sacrificial lamb, our Passover lamb, who was crucified on our behalf. That he paid the penalty for our sin. That we can be reconciled to God. That's what Paul talks about in Romans chapter 5. But the Pharisees, on the other hand, they, they, they rejected Jesus continually all the time and they 
they they were constantly looking for a way to uh, uh, reject him and even kill him. They rejected his message. They rejected his miracles. And they, like I said, that's why they're spying on him and his disciples in the field. And, and they're trying to challenge him every chance that they get just so they can pounce on him and say, see, he is not from God. He is not the Messiah. They just continually rejected him. And I believe that is what the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is, is rejecting Jesus and what he has done for us, the sacrifice that he has made for us, and never being washed in his blood. Because when we're never washed in his blood, we're never filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is what seals us until the day of redemption. We, when we do accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, Peter tells us in Acts chapter 2, verses 37 through 41, that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is our seal until the day of redemption. And, and, and our sins are forgiven as long as we continue to our best abilities to walk with Jesus every day. And so as we end this podcast, I just want to say we, we, we need to learn from the Pharisees' mistakes. You know, we, we can spar with Jesus and a lot of people do all the time. We can spar with Jesus as long as we want to. But remember this. It doesn't change who Jesus is. Just because you do not believe in Jesus does not mean that he is not the Messiah. That he is not real. That he does not exist. Because he exists and he is sitting at the Father's right hand and he's making intercession for his people. It doesn't matter if you believe that or not. We can continue to reject His message and everything that He's done for us, but it does not change who He is. He is still Jesus. He is the Messiah. And He's still sitting at the Father's right hand. And He's still interceding on those, uh, on the behalf of those who have accepted His sacrifice, who have been washed in His blood, that was shed on the cross, who are walking in victory because they are full of the Holy Spirit. And they are uh, uh, acknowledging that they need a Savior. They are acknowledging that they cannot do it without Jesus because we can't. The Pharisees thought they could. And that's why they rejected Jesus. But Jesus said their hearts were evil. What about your heart today? The message is out there. Are you going to choose to believe it? Or are you going to continue to reject it? Regardless of what you believe and what you do with it, Jesus is going to continue just like he did when he was walking this earth and the Pharisees were trying to kill him and try to get rid of it. He, he continued on a daily basis to bring hope to people. He continued to, to share the message of hope. And he continued to heal people and he continued to cast out demons. And today, as he sits at the Father's right hand, he continues to send out an invitation to those who constantly reject him. He's saying, I'm giving you another chance. I'm giving you another chance. He's giving you a chance today to say yes to him. Are you going to make that decision? Or are you going to continue to reject him? Well, maybe you're following Jesus. But maybe you're not seriously following Jesus. Maybe you need to get more serious about your faith. Get in the Word of God. Read about Jesus. Study about Jesus. But most importantly, share Jesus with others. And give them the hope that you have. That, that their sins can be washed away. That they can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And they would not be guilty of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. That they would, they, they would not be rejected from God for eternity. Everybody deserves an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. 
Everybody deserves an opportunity to have their sins washed in the blood of Jesus to make that choice if they want to spend eternity with he- in heaven with Jesus. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. Keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.